0: welcome to the medical management podcast a podcast focused on helping you level up your practice through interviews with some of the most successful leaders in the industry we help uncover resources tools and ideas to help you level up your practice thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoy today's program Hello, and welcome to the Medical Management Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Arnoldson. I am rejoined by my good friend, Scott Tucker, of Women's Health Associates in Boise, Idaho. Welcome back, Scott. Thank you. Glad to be here. We are glad to have you here. Today, we are going to get into one of the most, I think, one of the more common interactions that managers have with staff on the topic of pay raises. And so, you know, I, I set this up for Scott to think about, you know, what happens when the nurse or the receptionist comes to you and says, I think I deserve or I want to ask for a pay raise. I think a lot of us don't have a good plan for that. And no plan is still a plan. It's a plan to flounder and either negotiate poorly or, or make the employee leave unhappy or, or give them more money than they should. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your approach to when you're asked about pay raises.
1: So I think the biggest thing, and, and a lot of this has been through the school of hard knocks, but it first thing I can say is just make sure you have your facts. So right. I know here I I watch the market value, fair market value for all of our positions, at least semi-annually, usually, especially over the pandemic, because it seems like they were changing monthly. I was watching quarterly. Right. I keep those ranges so that I kind of know where everybody's at. And and one way to kind of curb off people asking for a raise or feeling like they're being underpaid is I make adjustments throughout the year. So if the market shifts up and some people are not within market range anymore, then we adjust them. I mm-hmm. will say during COVID, I didn't do it quarterly because they were going up and down, but it seems like things right. are a little more stable right now, but I have a feeling it's going to change as we're, we're all experiencing with the uh, generation of resignation. <laughs> hmm what that does, and even if everybody isn't getting adjusted because of you know market changes, let's face it, they all talk. And so they know, they hear right. it. They know we're watching it. They know we're, we're making the market changes. So that's, I think, the first kind of proactive step we can do. The next is really just making sure you have your facts available. So not only market range, but also look at it all of the benefits that you provide that you're providing on, on the employees' behalf. And, and they can be everything from PTO days to paid holidays to paid breaks, in-office services, health insurance, retirement, all of those things that have a have a dollar value associated with them. Those are big numbers you need to have. And yeah. the approach that I then take with people is if we ask if they're coming and feeling like they deserve a raise. We talk through it. I want to hear them out. Let them, yep. you know, explain what they're feeling, why they're feeling the way they're feeling, and have them give you a number. Because a lot of times it's well, I just think I need a raise. Okay. Well, how much? Well, I don't know. You need to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, no, wait a minute. That's not how it wait works. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the next step of that is asking. Where are they getting their, their numbers from? And it's usually, well, my friend says this, and they work here. Yeah. Okay, yep. great. So let's go through, and, and I have this exercise that I take people through. of, Okay, let's look at your hourly range, and then let's look at health insurance. So we cover X amount for you. Over here, what does that look like? Oh, you have to pay $100 a paycheck. Okay, so there's money right there. You know, in office services, we, we have part of our employee benefit plan is a certain dollar amount attributed for each, each employee to get an office care. Well, that has a dollar value to it. And So then I what I do is I go through this whole step with them and we set things out side by side so then they can really compare and look at. And because those have dollar values to them, you can then back them into what it equates to per hour based off the hours they work. And Because uh, it
0: has to come back to that language, right, Scott? Like it right. has to come back to the hourly language, because that's what everybody understands and goes off of.
1: Right. Absolutely. And so we can attribute that to, uh, you know, yeah, you're you're making X dollars an hour, and while you might make uh, the the latest uh, one that came and talked to me, she was going to make seventy five cents more an hour. So I said, okay, let's let's okay. look at it. What it really came down to when we went through and compared Truly Apples to Apples and the benefit structure and everything, she still makes $3.50 more an hour here than what she was going to make at this other clinic. (laughs) But it was enticing because I'm going to make $0.75 more an hour.
0: (laughs) Right, right. But at the end of
1: the day, man, that paycheck doesn't go as far. Yeah. And then for some reason. So that next step of, well, I'll have more money in my bank. Well, let's break that down because for health insurance you've got to pay this. We with a 401k plan and with pre-tax allotments that we do, you know, for part of our benefit plan, I also back out and show them that we reduce their taxable income, which actually gives them more money than just getting 75 cents an hour. And going right. through those steps with people and and you just find that most of them just have never put two and two together. They just hear mm-hmm. the hourly thing. And then that's all they're focused on. Well, I make X dollars an hour, and over here I can make 50 cents more, a dollar more, even $2 more, but not really comparing everything that goes into it. And and the other piece that I find when going through this exercise, I have yet to be where we're under. We've been close. Mm -hmm. Mm Fortunately, so it tells me we're still doing good, but (laughs) it also opens up their eyes to how much it costs an employer to have an employee. They just think, well, no, you just pay me my wage. No, and so we'll no. also go through an exercise as well, as showing. Well, here's how much the employer taxes are. Here's how much workers comp is. And while this doesn't go into your compensation, these are the expenses that the employer has. So when you know you're talking about fifty cents an hour, this is the downstream of what it really turns into for an employer. And right. Trying to open up their eyes to to how employment works, and it's yeah. not just about paying X number of dollars an hour. So, yeah, really. Not to very it. many people understand that,
0: so it's good to nope. bring them into the of the know. Do you have a Chuck, do you have a, a philosophy of what it does take to get a raise? Like, let's say, let's say, it's somebody comes in and says, "Look, I, you guys pay fair market value. I feel like I am better. I am at a higher level than what you've put me at, uh, yeah. or I deserve a raise because I've been working really hard."
1: Absolutely. So the way we approach it is, we have just pay bands. So Mm -hmm. entry level to, you know, the upper echelon and a lot of flexibility within those pay bands. And we give credit to, you know, a medical assistant that also manages all our supplies and inventory that's above and beyond work. The other thing that, that we've done is we've tried to break down, even though the medical assistant role is a medical assistant role, we've kind of even broken those into categories based on general roles and responsibilities. If they focus mainly right. on patient intake and rooming versus patient intake rooming and calling with lab results and, and whatnot, or they take on extra roles like supplies or QI exactly. stuff or those kind of things. Take those into account and then give give some compensation there. As well as we feel there's a lot of value in people's previous experience and putting right. maybe a little heavier weight than some places would consider. And that's just to attract experienced, qualified staff. And we want to recognize that if they worked, you know, out of state in a, specifically like WHA and a women's health office, there's, there's value to that, that they should make it compensated for.
0: Absolutely. Can I share with you, you know, this is just an example, but I'll, I'll show the example that I've put in a couple of different clinics. So, so what does it take to get a raise? I think I have three reasons. One would be your normal annual, because I, I, I think that there should be a COLA because it just gets more expensive to live every year. Two would be if your job changed drastically, you know, like if we were going to add the above and beyond stuff that you talked about, or let's say we moved somebody from reception to care coordinator or from nurse to lead nurse, you know, we're going to add money to that. The third one would be the market value, you know, are our pay scales fair market value and did we put you fairly in the right spot in those scale? and I try and have those ready. Like they're, they're just simple rules, simple ways of doing it because you got to have an answer because if you, if you fumble and then end up not giving it, the impression is, well, we thought about it and you're not worth it. <laughs> that's, Absolutely. Uh, that's so bad. That's why most people, most people's experiences, I ask for a raise, I get told, no, I'm going to go elsewhere. Right, And that is the risk that I think people, these managers, you need to have a plan because it's not just a one-off conversation. Can I get through this awkward conversation and get to the other side of it? Cause I'll be okay. No, this is a very high risk moment where this person could turn over if you do Especially it
1: wrong. right now in the current yes. in the environment of, of leaving and, and whatnot. I, I think the other piece, as we were talking about earlier, when you start the conversation with explain to me you know kind of what you're thinking and where you're mm-hmm. feeling you're being undercompensated and what's that number that puts that you know it sounds bad but it puts it back on them and then they're engaged in that conversation and it gives you time to react right. it gives you time to get a sense of where everything is at if they come and you know say well I feel like I you know I'm a I think the one you hear the most is well I'm good and I'm loyal okay right you've been here for a year so and that's not worth five dollars an hour more
0: (laughs) right oh my goodness I love that I think the one that I had that probably bugged me the most was somebody came and they and they were very genuine they were very sincere in what they're saying said you know what I've I've worked my butt out I've worked really hard and in my head and I don't say this in my head I'm like well what if you had not I didn't realize that that I could have come back to you and said, hey, we're going to pay you less. Um, And that's just the jerk side of me. And I keep that very much, uh, you know, suppressed inside. But I think my explanation to that person was, you know, working hard is the prerequisite to just staying here. Like that is, that's what it takes to keep your, you know, stay employed here. And we're going to make this an awesome place to work so that you want to be here. You want this to be, your your place of work and not on the, the assembly line of, uh <laughs> doing frozen chicken meals, you know. We want you to enjoy it here. But just because you did your job well that that's not that doesn't fit into the rules. Like the, the philosophy, here's the philosophy. Let's let's figure out where this sits. I didn't come out on top on that conversation. The person ended up leaving. So I probably did say something
1: offensive <laughs> at that point. Well I think to add on to that, that's that's where you're you can lead them there without having to tell them. And that is what additional you know things have you provided outside of you know your normal, normal everyday function? Are there other things that you want to do? do yeah. You want to take on more responsibility? Because I'm all about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's the key. And especially with the generations we're seeing now is, you know, not not in a, a negative way, but they just don't know. They don't get it. This this is a foreign concept to kind right. of a, a deep understanding of what goes in to make the wheels turn. But more importantly is, and, uh, you know, we, we saw it in our previous podcast talking about the no surprise act. They're very much into this. They want to have more details than what maybe historically other generations did. So we have to adjust to that.
0: It's an informational, what is it? We were in the industrial age. Now we're in the informational age and people yes. want, they want to know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I want to, you know, to the point that you made earlier, Scott, that people talk. I think that it's always been good general practice to pretend that if everybody's pay was posted on the break room fridge, would you look the people in the eye and justify why they make what they make? Mm-hmm. And I've been in some clinics where I couldn't do that. You know, maybe it, it had been. Set a certain way that i didn't have much control over and or maybe you know in my younger years maybe i gave more money to people i liked. i i can admit that but now i sure as heck have documented okay i gave scott you know an <laughs> extra 50 cents because he speaks spanish and i gave him two dollars for his degree and i gave him five dollars for his experience right perfect right that's how it goes and you can to another point you can bring in applicable experience i've given money for experience outside of healthcare customer service absolutely call center work any anything like that that can be added on to kind of help not to give away the farm but to make make somebody know their value and to to show that oh
1: yeah i think that goes into more of talking a little bit earlier and just historically with pay scales you know there was this this shift for a while and, and i get it it really helped with kind of the the times we were in but it was like okay you're in this position with this degree and this year of experience. This is what you make. So very black yeah. and white. You just pull yourself right. on a chart and go in there. And and while that has some benefits to it, especially when you know to your point about well, if everybody's pay was posted, how would you feel having to defend mm-hmm. that? That's well, easy. I mean, here's the pay. Here's where you sit. The downside of that is the people side of it, which is it doesn't account for for things. It doesn't account for oh, you speak right. Spanish or you know you've got 10 years uh in a call center that plays a lot of role into t- what you're doing in our phone center and, and right. those kind of things and, and then did
0: he make it match though because that's what, i mean you and i we built our pay scales off the same foundational <laughs> stuff right like uh, ours are very similar to each other of, of how it's put together but i i put language i put i got, what did i put language education general experience, and then directly applicable experience. I think 100%. were are the four categories that I gave more money for. So if you worked at a call center, you got a certain amount of money. If you worked at the pediatric clinic down the road on the same EMR, holy moly, you know, yeah. <laughs> you hit the jackpot.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. But I, I think that's where it having some subjectivity to it is exceptionally mm-hmm. helpful. And that also helps you for the, the staff member. It, it helps build a little more of that personal touch as opposed to just being another cog in a wheel that this is where you are, you know, especially with the the generation we have, you know, 50 cents an hour is the, you know, I'll leave a job over 50 cents an hour without knowing anything else into it. So we've got to remember that we've got to somewhat play into that and understand where the mindset is and how we can best educate and explain and provide that, that information for them to make a know an informed decision and if they end up leaving because of it you know at the end of the day then we also know that we did everything we could and it just wasn't a good fit
0: exactly no i love it scott thank you for your insight and for your your ideas and advice i know it'll be of help to a lot of people and and you're welcome back anytime and for all of our listeners thank you for tuning in please make sure that you take this subject Seriously, because it's a high risk situation where you quite easily could be the last straw that kind of pushes that employee good employee to turn over. And and that is not what we need in this time of Scott, what did you call it? The generation of resignation. Generation of resignation. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't need any more reason to have to, to be in uh, recruiting more than you need to. So guys for anything that MedMen does, the show notes to this episode and any other please visit us at medman.com and we'll see you next time.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the
0: medical management podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's featured guest for the show notes, transcripts, resources, and everything else. Medman does to help you level up. Be sure to visit us at medman.com.